Mike and Mike at night. Our news, our business. If you're here at nighttime, then you're here at the right time. We all about their love, support, and protect. There we go. Okay, sometimes if you feel that love or if you see that love on your chest, then what? You might feel it in your heart. Absolutely. Where y'all at? Do I gotta go out? Do I gotta go out and find you guys? You guys go ahead and tap in when you get a chance, please. Don't forget to tag and share this video. Very interesting song you're playing there, my brother. How was your day, man? You know what happened today. Yep. I looked in that account and what was it? Yep. And y'all don't believe me. You don't believe me. But one day I'm going to show you guys how the account just, it bubbles. Literally. Every day. You got to be on that positive stuff though. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. Hey, Nate. What's up, Nate? You know how we doing? Appreciate you tapping in, my brother. All on that LSP. Hey, you guys go ahead and tag and share. For my guys here that speak Spanish, go ahead and tag and share the video. I would say that in Spanish, but I'm not bilingual. But your Spanish is pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, hey, I was just playing, man. I was baiting them real quick. You know what? I know how to do a few things in Spanish. Yo quiero un hamburguesa y con queso y papas. Me gusta mi barrio. Comprehending? I love my neighborhood. So <laughs> right? You already know. No Come on, man. I ain't too, too shabby. I'm probably better than most. Oh, there we go. You know what, you guys? Uh, this was a very important topic. And to my, hey, what's up, Leon? We appreciate you for being here. We all about that love, support, and protect. Hey, you guys, this is our new logo. Just letting you know we coming out with some button-ups, some polos, so you guys can wear the LSP to your jobs. Not only that, but we have the LSP line coming out as well for our Hispanic, our Latina and Latino community as well, the barrio. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. For our brothers and sisters that are brown, we still got that brown pride, we still got that black pride. We still, hey, I'm going to even tell y'all y'all something else. If you white, then be proud of being white too. But don't forget about the brothers. I want y'all to continue to love, support, and protect okay. us. And just because you're proud of your particular ethnicity is doesn't fine. Mean, it doesn't that mean, doesn't mean that you have to tear down another one. To that's be proud right. Of yours. That's right. That's Keep right. Keep that in mind. Appreciate and we appreciate that. Leon. We want uh, a few more of y'all to tap in. Don't forget to tag and share this video. You want to tell the people what we're talking about today, my Today we're talking about brown pride and the black community. And we're going to talk about how both of those work together. And we're going to talk about also how the power of our communities can work to shape and even change America. Because we have issues that were put upon us by those by the uh how can we say it powers that be you understand what i'm saying so um i know 
in in California because I lived in California for a while. I lived in San Diego. I was just right outside of San Isidro, uh, right on the Mexican American border. Um, there, are, the re the race relations in California are different than they are in Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, us being from uh, well, some of the community being from the far northeast region and even the east region, the east side, and even Park Hill, we have had a lot of interaction with our brown brothers, and uh, we haven't actually, uh, I, how could I say, we haven't uh, capitalized off that connection that we have. Um, today we're going to discuss some of the, the dilemmas that face our community, but not just that, but how we can be more powerful as a people if we encourage, if we love, supported, and protected each other in, in our respective communities. No doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, we do encourage that. Um, and the things that we can do if we were united is just astronomical, astronomical. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, go over some of those things today. Uh, like we said again, don't forget to tag and share the video. If you guys, because I know y'all know some, some Hispanic people out there, that may need to hear this show. I'm sorry that uh, we're not going to be doing it bilingually. We tried to to do that. However, we had some breakdowns in communication, no pun intended. But we will continue to try and and explore that avenue or that venue of 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 our broadcast here on the Mike and Mike at Night show. We just want to let our brown brothers and sisters know that we ain't forgot about y'all. Um, we feel that we can move all as one because you guys, as we will learn in this show, are just, a as, are just as much a part of us as we are a part of you. And we appreciate all that you give us and all that you have to uh, uh, donate to our community. And we all know that to our tribute. Uh, we also know that we've had a bunch of similar challenges as uh, black Americans and as uh, Latino Americans as it pertains to, like you said, the powers that be, when we talk about racism, when we talk about systematic racism and things that have both helped to keep our communities held behind. Uh, we wanna break through the barriers, people, and we wanna see our black and brown communities thrive. We wanna see our black and brown communities overcome, as they would say, and as we work together on this, we think that that is absolutely possible. We just want to try to get uh, a similar um, goal in mind, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, some of the things that we can do. But first, we want to go over just a couple of statistics here first, or just a couple of facts, should I say. Um, we all know that single de Mile just passed, which is May the 5th. Um, <clears throat> and I found this interesting that, um, that a lot of Americans, including some Mexican-Americans, have this disbelief that Cinco de Mayo is Mexican Independence Day. Well, that's certainly just not the case. The uh, Mexicans, uh, the Mexican community, or excuse me, the Mexi Mexico as a country right. was independent prior to Cinco prior de Mayo. Prior to this, um, and, and, it's, and actually uh, Mexican Independence Day is celebrated September 16th, right? Uh, and that's every year, I do believe. Um, but the reason that I'm telling you this um, is that uh, not only to educate some of our Latino people who don't know, but there's a lot of people in the black community who don't fully understand what Cinco de Mayo was meant for. Um, and so it really it just celebrates uh, the Battle of Puebla, which occurred May 5th, 1862. Now, you know our black, you, you, I, I hate to cut you off, but you know our black folks out there, they, you know, you got to be careful with them. We got to be patient. Let 
be, be a little patient with them, brother. Okay. Let them know okay. what's going on. Okay, black people. <laughs> when you celebrate Cinco de Mayo, and I absolutely encourage you to do that, it is not celebrating Mexican Independence Day. That would be September the 16th. Cinco de Mayo is commemorating the Battle of Puebla, Mexico, in which they defeated the French. Uh, and I think the French rolled up in there for like 5,000 in their army. And um, uh, Mexico only had 2,000, and they were defeated handedly. So, and, they, and they were trying to basically reestablish their dominance in that region because they had basically lost it. Lost it. Right. Um, uh, it would have been probably about 41 years earlier. Right. Um, as you know, they also uh, were invading the United States. There were civil wars that we fought against the French also. So at this particular time, they had been completely booted out of the United States uh, with the sale of the uh, Louisiana Purchase in 1803. So they didn't have much left. So they tried Mexico and they lost. You don't run up on nobody's land like that. You might be defeated. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, we also know um, that Latinos in 2021 number 61 million people. That's a lot of people, y'all. That's 18% of the entire United States population. Now, when we look at this impact that they have upon uh, the United States of America, mm -hmm. we also have to look at the uh, political aspect of this as well, because the, it, the political ramifications when it comes to the black and brown community are... Uh, uh, monumental, to say the least. Uh, I hope you guys don't find it strange that whenever it comes to be an election year, that there is quite a bit of efforts put into uh, appealing to the black and brown community. However, after the elections, there's not a whole lot of energy placed into these communities. And when I say this about the brown community, this is uh, when I say this about the brown community, this is domestically. I'm not speaking of uh, the uh, outward efforts of America to secure black and brown uh, uh, relevance, or should I say uh, uh, commitment or dedication. Uh, I'm talking about internally. So a lot of times we see that uh, the Chicanos and Chicanas are, are, not, are neglected within our country. And these are the ones that are that do have the power to vote. However, their votes are exploited uh, the same way that the the black vote is exploited. Right, and we do have many of uh, similar voting patterns as it refers to a people as far as African Americans go and Latinos go. Uh, we have a lot of the same voting patterns, and uh, and that's important because maybe we need to come up with something that could benefit us both. And we can make these politicians stop giving us lip service as it pertains and to our And actually start doing something for our community. And actually start doing something. And with a collective effort, this can be achieved, people. It most certainly can. Okay. Um, moving on just a little bit. Um, and uh, now, if a lot of my brown people are listening to this. Um, I don't know if a lot of brown people are aware of this or they just choose to neglect this fact. But... According to DNA tests, most Mexican Americans or people in Mexico in general have between 4 and 11% sub-Saharan African. So that means that almost all Mexican people have 
African in them. And when I'm not talking about Northern Africa, I'm talking about the same part of Africa that we come from, which is the uh, middle and Southern half of, of Africa where the people are in fact black. So that's important. So not only do we have um, a similar history as it pertains to the struggle, but we also have similar, um, I almost say similar, but we have some of the same genetic makeup as well. So keep that in mind also. If you are Mexican around here, you probably have some black in you. There's no probably. Because due to the slave trade, due to the slave trade and what happened during the time that uh, America procured and held slaves and imported slaves from Africa, some of these slaves were exported mm -hmm. to Mexico, and um, just like the the same situation that happened here in America, in which the the uh, whites and and African Americans and even Indians, or should I say Native Americans, right. intermingled, the mm -hmm. same situation happened in Mexico. However, they at the time had a smaller number of right. of African slaves. It, it definitely was not as prevalent uh, in Mexico as it was in other parts of, uh, of America, particularly when we talk about the Caribbean, Central and South America. Um, however, uh, there are blacks who actually just finally got um, recognized in 2015 on their census when it comes to Mexico. Prior to that, uh, they didn't even recognize the fact that they had black people in their country. And speaking of uh, black people in Mexico, let's talk about one very prominent Mexican who they don't teach you about history. And before we get there, I want to get to what uh, Tanya Del Fox was saying. Yeah, go for it. She was saying that um, why is that so hard to believe um, uh, that that the Mexican community is so intertwined or, or, or braided into the black community as a whole? Um, it shouldn't be hard to believe at all um, when we talk about the histories of how we were all brought to the Western world, as they called it at the time. So uh, it, it's not surprising, and, and, and I know that some people tend to, some Mexican people might deny that they have any black in them, much like the Dominicans. Uh, there, You have a lot of Dominicans, and now we're talking about Latino people. We're not just talking about Mexicans, we're talking about Latino people as a whole as it pertains to the United States of America. Uh, the DNA of any Dominican is probably half African. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of them choose not to focus on that part of their heritage, choosing to uh, focus on um, the European side of their heritage. And a lot of them just flat out deny that they're black. And there's a lot of people um, all over Central America, particularly in Panama, where they do the same thing. They deny their African heritage. But when you look at them, a lot of them look like him. A lot of them look like me. And, and you no, know, let's let's say this. I don't know that it's that big of an issue, but when it comes to the monies that we spend within North America, within the United States, more specifically, mm -hmm. the buying power that we have, and I just want you to speak to that a little bit. Okay. The buying power that we have combined, and maybe I'll just go ahead and say the buying power that we have combined. Um, when we take the brown money and we take the black money and we put it together. We are ranked, uh, what is it, six or five? Fifth. Five. We're ranked fifth in the world's economy. So we're going from U.S. to China to Japan to Germany to the black and brown dollar. Now, when we look at that, what we're, when we're looking at the U.S. as a whole, we're looking at, don't, don't forget that the black and brown money is included in them, them being in number one. 
their being in number their their position as number one in spending power has to do with us more importantly okay so uh, if we take that away from them then they may plummet down to where we are right now so what i'm saying is this if we take the black and brown money and put that together and we work together in the community that means um um owning owning most of the businesses owning uh, uh the voting rights and the voting position they should really be catering to us as a people because we have more of an influence on the u.s economy as well as the elected officials in our country than they may even have and that's something that we have to start doing people we have to start recognizing our own power because the power that we hold collectively is deep um, like we talked about in earlier shows, black people alone would have the world's 15th largest economy in the world. And Mexico, or um, Latin people in America would have the world's ninth largest economy. Now, there's more of them than us. But when you combine that power, man, they don't have any choice but to pay attention to that. Once we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, once we uh, demonstrate to them that we have uh, unity then they will be forced to recognize our our, our paper. They, can, they don't have to like us as a color, but they will respect that green. I, I we, promise you that. When we move as a single unit. Now, um, to do that, of course, we have to make sure that our communities are moving uh, unilaterally. So the reason why we do the Mike and Mike at Night show is because, and let me just add this in there real quick. Okay. We were supposed to actually do this show Cinco de Mayo, mm -hmm. and it would have made more sense then, but we don't want to forget our black and brown brothers and sisters. So we made sure that this is the first show that we were going to do before we did any others. And I understand you guys may feel a, certain, uh, a special way about this because it's love, support, and protect, and we're talking about our community, but you know what? The brown community is more part of our community than the other community. So let me just say this: um, when it comes to our for our when it comes to our ability to move forward as a people, we have to be more co cohesive within our own communities so that we can move as one unit. I don't really like movements that are are started with just one person because we've tried that in the past and and what do they end up doing they ended up they end up killing that one person and then the movement kind of dies what we want to want to do is inculcate ideals within the community within the body or within the neighborhood to make sure that that we can move as one with the same common mindset and goal and not venture off or veer off of that path see because you can kill people but you can't kill ideas and once we have an idea that is rich inside of a community, it can live forever. Most definitely. Uh, well said, my brother. Well said. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about something that uh, I was never taught about uh, in school. And uh, this is uh, Vincent Guerrero. Eric Mendoza, thank you for joining the show. Don't forget to tag, share, this video. and like the video as well if you see it on YouTube or Facebook. Thank you. All right. So as, as we just alluded to, uh, most uh, Mexican people are between 4 and 11 percent um, sub-Saharan African. Well, that plays into this. Um, I was talking to you earlier about Vincent Guerrero, Guerrero, who was Mexico's second president, and it's a it's a, a little-known fact that he was a black man. Uh, he wasn't fully back, black. His um, 
His, his mother was uh, was uh, of the native tribe, but his father was indeed the descendants of a, ba a black slave that came uh, from Africa. So this guy gets uh, voted president back in, um, shoot, I'm going to say, uh, 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 yeah, about around 1830, somewhere, mm -hmm. 1826, somewhere right. around there. And one of his first goals as president was to uh, abolish slavery mm -hmm. um, and to create programs that benefit not only black people but the native people of the lands of Mexico also. Well, subsequently, he didn't last very long in office. He was um, he was kidnapped in a coup and subsequently uh, killed or assassinated, whatever term you want to use. But it's very important that we know that uh, Mexico has had a black man uh, to be president in their history. Um, why do I bring him up? Because that right there shows that there was a, a connection between both of our communities that should be exploited and should be learned about in history books and in school books. Uh, Thomas Nobles brought out the term mestizo, and Ernesto, Ernesto Mendoza responded to that. He said, remember, some of our people are mestizo, native Mexican with Spanish blood, but the African Mexican is also recognized uh, is also recognized community, and we do uh, and, and we do recognize that the mestizo is, uh, but we do see also that in the the brown community, a lot of people want to want to identify more so with that Spanish connection as opposed to the Mexican American com connection. And when I say Mexican American, I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about North America, where uh, the Mexican culture originated. Right, so most people, or most people in Mexico, do indeed have Spanish blood, uh, just like most people in Mexico do indeed have African blood. So when we talk about um, mestizo, uh, we are talking about the larger proportion of the population of Mexico, uh, but there's no mestizo without the African blood mixed in there also. So just keep that in mind. Uh, if anybody knows any different or better, particularly our Spanish-speaking brothers out there listening, we certainly appreciate you, uh, Ernesto Mendoza. Uh, anybody else, go ahead and tag and share this video because maybe some of your, uh, some of our people, some of our uh, brown brothers need to hear that also. Exactly. Um, I just wanted to say this, and we uh, have brought up the the great imp greater power uh, buying power that we have. Also brought up the political influence. But what I did want to talk about a little bit. Uh, and just explore a little bit is the same cancers that have affected the brown community are 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 uh, also felt in the black community as well when we're when we're speaking about brown on brown crime the the drug influence the the the, the criminal influence that we have in both of our communities we have not only brown uh, uh, gangs that fight other brown gangs and we have when we talk about the Sorenos and the Norteños, right. and, but we, and, and then that's almost similar to what we face with the Crips and the Blood. Right, um, and our communities have both been marginalized by the police also. Um, I read an interesting stat the other day that said that if, uh, if black and brown people were pulled over or arrested at the same rate as white people, let me say that again, if black and brown people were arrested at the same rate as white people, there'd be a 40% reduction in the prison population. 40% reduction in the prison population. So these are uh, uh, commonalities that we have together that um, it would be most certainly helpful if we were to sit down and try to come up with solutions to these problems, uh, particularly when we talk about uh, the area of the city, Northeast Denver, Montbello, Park Hill, Eastside, things of that nature. 
uh, we know that these are two intertwined communities. Um, go ahead. And, and not only that, but a way in which uh, a, a, gra a ground rule, a way in which we relate to each other. Because I think that because we have that communication barrier um, with a lot of us in the community, um, we see each other as strangers, but we have more in common than we have with with our, uh, if, for lack of a better term, oppressors. <laughs> we we have more in common, in common with each other. But I see, and like I said, when we started out the uh, when I when we started out the show, when we look at um, how we relate to each other in California, mm -hmm. it's much different than we we do here in Colorado. I think that we have a a, a greater uh, love and support and and respect, should I say, when it comes to uh, black and brown relations here in Colorado than we have in California because in California um, the black and brown community is, is is divided and and they don't deal with each other on any level uh, outside of uh, a, a minor business deals. Right, um, that most certainly is a factor. You're absolutely correct. We have more of a history of cooperation here in Denver. Uh, when we talk about uh, Cesar Chavez, for instance, uh, a lot of the time when he was here in Denver doing these marches, um, and speaking of Cesar Chavez, um, let's note that it is a holiday in California, Texas, and Denver, and it's optional in Arizona, and, and this uh, Cesar Chavez Day did replace Columbus Day, which right. I think that more American states should be more receptive to. Mm -hmm. uh, we, all, uh, we all know Columbus's history um, as, a, as a murderer, as a mainer, as a, a perjurer, uh, uh, just lots of terrible things. But let's that not he forget did. he was Spanish as well, and, and, and he was Spanish as well, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, but 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 speaking of him, uh, he was very active uh, uh, also uh, in the black community as it pertained to uh, protests and boycotts right here in Denver, Colorado. Um, he worked uh, with with a lot of our black leaders here in Denver during the 1960s, um, and he also adopted the. Uh, mantra of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, where he believed in uh, nonviolence and believed in uh, performing more tactical um, things to do to uh, achieve results as opposed to violence. So yeah, we have a Chicano Park in San Diego where uh, the brown, uh, our brown brothers and sisters are uh, celebrated and in a monumental way or or memorialized. A beautiful park in San Diego. If you guys ever get a chance to get down there, it's in Barrio Logan, uh, just right down the street from Lincoln Park. And in this place, we do have a lot of we have a heavy uh, Latin Latin American influence, and there's a lot of history. There are a lot of things that are taught to the community as far as their personal, uh, their their individual value and. That's something that I believe that we could, because when we look at our heritage, it seems as though, and, and what I have witnessed is that our Hispanics, our Latin Americans are a little bit more steep in their heritage and understanding who they are mm -hmm. and having pride in themselves than we are as, as uh, African Americans. And I think that that's something that we could definitely learn and pick up from our, our brown brothers and sisters. Um, most definitely, most definitely. When you look at uh, a lot of the cooperation 
that the Brown brothers have within their community. When you look at uh, the fact that they um, that they co-own a lot of stores, they co-own a lot of businesses. They really, really just work together, and that's to be admired. Okay, Nathan Romero says the reason for the division in California is a lack of respect to the elder Mexicans, and that is true. And 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 uh, I'm glad that you brought that point up because I kind of wanted to get on that a little bit because I believe that that is the degradation of the black community well as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know being a black man when I was younger, uh, there was heavy, heavy respect for aunts, uncles, older cousins, aunties. That there was heavy respect for that. But once we got older and progressed into, uh, I, I would say, post 2010. We started to lose that respect that we have for our aunts and uncles and grandmothers. Um, I, I heard a very, very sad story just this past weekend over a Mother's Day that kind of saddened me regarding uh, a child and, and his mother. And I just think that the respect right now, that fiber is being weakened inside of our communities. And we definitely need to do something in the brown and black community to, to, to reinforce that uh, that fiber and build that strong network up. And I think it starts with the saged and the, and the seasoned uh, members of both of our communities. Most definitely, most definitely. So when we keep all that in mind, uh, moving forward, we have to know that there's a light at the end of this tunnel and together there's so much that we can achieve, not just financially, but also politically, uh, mentally. And when we talk about our particular community, one which, um, to me has a lot of parallels with Compton, California, which is a place that I lived at for a long time. And we're talking about a community that once upon a time became um, mostly black, right? Um, and then uh, Mexicans started to, uh, or Latino people started to integrate into that community. And now it's probably like 60% Latino and only 40% black. Now, I, I was talking to, let me say this real quick. I was right. on the uh, east side of Denver going through some of the more established communities there on the east side. And I was talking to a couple of seasoned um, um, Hispanic women, and they said to make sure when we do this show that we don't identify them as, uh, what did they say, Hispanic or Latin, but they wanted to be uh, referred to as Chicano or Chicana. Okay. And I don't really know um, what that actually means and why that was the case. But I, I, I can only equate it to what we have to experience where I don't necessarily want to be called a Negro or and some of us don't want to be called African-Americans. Some of us want to just be called Americans. Some of us just want to be called black. So if you guys can help me out with that, some of uh, my brown brothers and sisters out there, if you can help me out with that and why they wanted to make sure that there was that. Uh, 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 identifier that was separating the two the two groups. Uh, as far as I know, and uh, I could totally be wrong, so you guys go ahead and chime in. But uh, the term Chicano was created to describe assimilated uh, Mexican people. So Mexican American. So Mexican. Yeah, American I understand that, right? Um, but some people do find offense to that, um, and that's why I came here today specifically not wanting to use the term Chicano. If you guys find that offensive, please let us know. But one of my uh, Mexican-American brothers did tell me before I did this show that uh, using the word Latin or Latino is acceptable for all. If you guys have a different opinion about that. Well, we got Ernesto know. Mendoza here. He says Latinos are a mixed race from South America. 
to Central Mexico and whatever USA dictates them. So I guess, uh, Ernesto, if you will let, help us to understand when we're talking about the commonality of our, our brown and black brothers and sisters, how do we identify each other? Because I think that goes a long way in how we communicate and relate to each other. Because, of course, because there is a language barrier, we don't want to say things that are offensive that are, are off-putting. We want to make sure that we're still continuing to give that love, support, and protect that we want in our own community. So if you could help us out with that, how, how should we identify and how should we try to relate to our brown brothers and, and, and uh, what separate ways uh, would you would you all like to be identified as? Right, that would be very helpful with us um, breaking down, like you said, the language barrier. If we just understand what to uh, call each other, that would be extremely helpful. Now, black people, us on our own, we, uh, we still have um, identity identification issues when it comes to that neither like you was just saying some want to be called black some want to be called this some want to be called that uh and i think that they're african-american don't want to be called black right. they say we're not black and then some right. just say we're just simply americans and honestly i think I, I can see the position of all blacks that go that in that direction because um we we built this country you know so um, for us to say that we're less than American is almost taking credit away from what we invested because we have blood and we have a, a sweat equity in this country. So um, there are there is a lot of this country that morally and ethically we should own and we don't. And I would go the same and I would go as far as to say that 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 is the case with our uh, brown brothers and sisters that there's a lot of this country that they should own and, and should still be theirs, but it's not because we allowed or we were bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray by um, those that didn't have our best interest in mind. Right, and let's just keep it 100. Uh, they took that land. There was no uh, formal negotiation. The negotiation was with the firepower that they held over the native people of the lands and that is the only way that I could see that they could go in there uh, and take up such a large part uh, uh, of which will be called now the United States which is probably 12 western states had uh, belonged to Mexico uh, at some time or another. So between um, taking a people from their land and taking a land and enslaving people and transferring people out of here and importing people, we understand that the real atrocities that were committed in this country were the atrocities that uh, uh, hurt us as a, a collective unit. And because they hurt us as a collective unit, I think that the next goal was to divide and conquer. And it was to conquer uh, uh, through taking the brown and black race and pitting them against each other instead of making sure that we were one cohesive unit. Now, you guys, though they are at fault, we are responsible for making sure that we mend that breach within our communities because there's a breach in our communities, and I think that that breach can be easily uh, 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 attached to once again if we were to act as one cohesive unit, not only <laughs> use our buying power, but to also use our political influence mm -hmm. so that we can make a change, not only in America, but in our, our individual and respective communities. Okay. Um, 
Nate says, I'm going to say for me personally, I refer to myself as Chicano for the simple fact that I grew up in a predominantly black community. Okay. Um, okay. I can respect that. And I wonder if uh, others, I wonder if others in, uh, in your That's position feel the, feel the same way. And we're doing a lot right now to educate ourselves and to educate uh, each other. So if, if you guys can, please share this with, with blacks that you might feel, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put this dirty little secret out there. Keep it 100. Buddy. I'm going to keep it 100. There are a lot of black people who are racist towards Mexicans. And I'm going to just use the term Mexican as a whole group of, of, of South Americans uh, and Central Americans. And I know that's wrong, and I know I shouldn't do that. But the only reason I'm saying that is because we have a large population of Mexicans, and it, that, that is probably the largest concentration of the Latin community that we have within North America, correct? Um, you know what? It, it's going to be pretty close. Uh, here in the Western United States, it's predominated by uh, Central Americans and uh, people from Mexico. But when we talk about the East Coast, when we talk about Miami, when we talk about New York City, Boston, Providence, Rhode Island, they don't have so much as Mexicans as they have uh, uh, people from the Caribbean. Okay. Well, let me just say this. I understand, and, and, and uh, Tanya just put that out there. I understand that that influence or that racism that, that is shown is vice versa. It goes both ways. It goes Absolutely. both ways. I know that there are blacks that are very racist when it comes to Hispanics, and I know Hispanics that are extremely racist and, and, and just as racist when it comes to blacks. And I, you guys, I really, I really feel like, and sorry for using my West Coast slang by saying you guys, you guys and gals, um, I really feel like that is just because of the conflict in our cultures and, and the conflict in our ability to communicate with each other. Because if we were able to communi communicate with each other on a, on, a, on a level playing ground, I think that we would see that we have a lot more in common than we have that, that, that makes us different from each other. And I think that we could show more love to uh, our, our Hispanic brothers and sisters and vice versa to our black brothers and sisters when we understand the struggle because our struggle has been very similar. We, we were bamboozled by the same entity. <laughs> we were oppressed by the same group of people. No doubt. But what we find to do is because we, are, we live so closely and so uh, we have such braided communities, we find that we act out some of this hatred towards each other instead of concentrating our efforts um, getting to know each other better and embracing each other and what we have to offer to each other. No doubt about that. Um, with me being uh, a member who is a native of the Northeast Denver community, I had an opportunity back in high school to uh, attend Denver West High School, which, as we know, is a predominantly Hispanic school, right? Uh, and I must say that those are some of the best times I had in my life. I must say that those people took me in. Uh, they embraced me. They taught me, uh, got me up on my Spanish. Uh, they took me to meet their uh, their parents and their grandparents. They fed me. Uh, they turned me on culturally to a bunch of different uh, foods and uh, and ideals that I still carry with me till this day. So uh, if it wasn't, so I would for just say I would just say don't don't uh, hold yourself back. Don't isolate yourself from these communities because a lot of the time they got love for you. you just don't know it because you haven't had interaction with them. Uh, when I was a kid in Thomas Nobles, when I was a kid in San Jose in the seventies, Chicanos was like the don't call me color movement in the black community. I was told it was a way for those of Mexican descent to assert their culture and 
basically to assert their culture and not be defined by white Americans. And I like that too, that, that adopting your own identity and not adopting the identity that the, that they the white community would try to label right. you as. Well, I like the community that I grew up in because we never had, it, it was funny because it was, there was never really a division between, um, just like Nathan Romero said, I call myself Chicano because I grew up in a black community. But we never, of course we crack jokes and we crack jokes back and forth, but there was always that love that we had for each other in this community. I, I, I didn't see a whole lot of infighting when it came to um, the black and brown relations with, 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 within our community. I didn't right. see that. I didn't see that. There was either. always love. We just had love for the neighborhood itself. Right, right. Uh, there was more of us going at each other uh, during those times than at any other race, uh, which still is the case today. But that's part of the reason why we do the Mike and Mike at Night show, so that we can alleviate some of these problems that plague our community. So uh, once again, don't forget to tag and share this video. Uh, particularly, we want to talk to our brown brothers today. That was the purpose of this show. Uh, because we want to get across mm -hmm. that together and as a people now now we also know that it starts with us We have to first get our own communities in place and to get our own communities in line and once we intertwine Because of the similar type of path that uh, that we've been uh, on due to the systematic racism that exists in our country that should be a point of, uh, of, of something that we can come together on and something that we can uh, try to move forward with and you know, um, just just to name a few, we had who? We had Elazar and Enrique Dominguez. We had we had Decima Mestis. We had right, uh, Philip Domingo. Philip Domingo, um, his brother, uh, uh, Angelo Domingo, his little brother, um, Leon. Yeah, Leon um, Trujillo, the Trujillo brother. Yeah, Trujillo and uh, Nathan Ribeiro. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then if we go outside of the hood, I mean, we knew, I knew a few. We Park Hill, uh, Sancho, and, 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 and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, David Salazar, David Salazar, there even. There you go. Um, there you of, go. Of, of uh, Latin descent. Yeah, we had, I mean, come on. And I know y'all can spit out a whole bunch of names that we might have forgotten. And, and, and to be honest with y'all, um, our experience growing up in, in the Mahabella community wouldn't have been what it was without y'all. Believe that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, and, and like Leon Toodle just chimed in and said, Nathan Romero was my brother like anybody else who grew up in Mahabella. Oh, and, and you Still know, we were day. just mentioning the men we had... Uh, uh, Cecilia Apodaco, Jay Apodaco, uh, Rochelle Montoya. We have, um, we, I mean, I mean, there was Michelle Vera. Yeah, we could go on and on and on, but this is the thing. Um, like Thomas says, I didn't know color in our neighborhood. It was when we moved to neighborhoods where there was a lot of whites. Is when I asked, when I was asked what I was, and that's deep because, and and, and even and even the, uh, I mean, Chucky and all those. People that grew up here in Mom, in Montbello, we even if you were white, we didn't really recognize, you know, David Allison and I mean, we we Israel didn't really, Harris, yeah, we, Israel, we, didn't. we we didn't even look at that. And and uh, the truth of the matter is that Israel Harris was actually more African American <laughs> than a bunch of us. Right? <laughs> we were. He was a white guy. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, that that dilemma and that uh, racial like melting pot that we see. We, we have to figure out a way because although they are guilty, um, we are responsible. We are responsible for 
forming our hoods and putting our hoods and putting our neighborhoods back together and not allowing what they did to try to tear our neighborhoods apart to actually affect us. Because I think that uh, we are a very resilient people. Uh, I, I think that the brown community and the black community are the most resilient communities on the planet. I guarantee you what we're able to come through and what we are able to do, if we were working together the same way that they work together, we would be an unstoppable force and America will probably be ours. I'm not I'm not trying to talk about no mutiny or nothing, but I'm just saying this. If we were able brother Yeah, exactly. If we were able to do that, this this would actually belong to us. And we need to find a way to love, support, and protect each other. Most definitely. Uh, Ernesto Mendoza, uh, who's a guy I know personally, he said, I moved to Montbello because Nathan Romero told me it was safe. <laughs> like that. Hey, it is like safe, that. brother. Hey, man, you still here? And you, you still you, safe, Your man. family is not being and, harmed. And, and, and this so. show right here is testament to you still being safe because we love, support, and protect you. And we love your brother, Nathan Romero, as though he was one of ours. No doubt. No because doubt he was. <laughs> Well, hey, man, we appreciate you guys for joining us today. Um, we want to continue to show that love, support, and protect. And like we said, we also have the LSP, which is a di- which is different in, in in Spanish. But we are putting those shirts together as well, where we will have the uh, how we have when we came to this country, and we have the uh, the uh, Roman numerals here, but. Uh, 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 my brother's shirt that says 1619, and we're going to do that the same for our Latin brothers and sisters. We're going to do the 1821. So if you guys want the Hispanic version of the LSP shirts, we're going to make sure we get those to no you doubt. in the colors that you guys love the most and let us know what colors you guys identify with the most, whether they're not, whether they are, uh, 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 red, red green, green, and white, uh-huh. but you might not identify with those colors, so whatever they are, you guys let us know, and we'll make sure we get those to you. Most um, let me go ahead and put us on blast real quick, because I had an issue, and you know what? I make sure that the quality and the, the, the material that we use, the best grade of material, the best grade of quality, and we get the, the best form of printing that we can for our shirts. Um, we don't make a whole lot of money on them, so I'm going to tell you guys right now, we ain't getting rich off these shirts by an long shot. But my brother, one of my brothers out there, and I ain't going to say no names, but he received some product that wasn't right. And one of one of the shirts had a burn hole in it, and one of them wasn't the right size. And I said, you know what, I got to go back and talk to our people to make sure that we getting the right product out there, and I'll put myself on blast because I want to say this, you guys. If you guys ever receive something from us, a product from us that is subpar, let us know right away because we'll take care of that for you guys. We're not out here trying to hustle nobody. We're not trying to get over on nobody. And you know what? Uh, we want to make sure that our brothers and sisters are, are, are feeling good in what they wear and have the highest quality uh, of products that we put out there. So just want to say I want to make another apology uh, uh, publicly for that that product that you received, my brother, and I'm not going to put your name out there, but I want to make a public apology for that product that you received. That's not how we get down. So we're going to have to go back to the, you know, the grassroots and, and, and talk to some folks about that. Maybe, no doubt. you know, make some head spin a little um, bit, right? I'll bring my goon in there 
we'll shut everything down. Yeah. This, this, my man right here, he's QC, man. This guy's quality control. He's going to make sure everything's right. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, let me just get to a couple of these uh, comments before we, before we end this today. Uh, Ernesto says, us Hispanics are willing to make it work. We love you, and we're making it happen. Hey, my brother, we love you, too, and we appreciate your commitment uh, to this movement uh, of togetherness and unity and moving forward as a community. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, Nathan Romero says we have the power and numbers. We just have to learn to respect each other. That's a big thing. That is a big, big thing right there. In order to give respect, in order to get respect, you must give respect. We all, we all know that. So uh, thank you for making that comment. That's something that we should all work on, um, not only as individuals, but as a community moving forward. Uh, Nathan also says, I'll take one in red, green, and white. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. We got you, my brother. We got you. Uh, Leon says, I need that red and gold and red and silver in the background. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of those. All right, Leon, we got you, hey. man. And we appreciate you guys. All the love, support, and protection that you guys show us, we want to give it back to you. We want to make sure that we're here more regularly for you. Um, I just want to give you an update. Sometimes I will be doing the show by myself, but my brother here is moving to Tuesdays and uh, Fridays. Fridays. So if, if you want to make sure that you catch your brother Steve on here, I know a lot of you guys are, are more uh, familiar and, 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 and like his his uh, his facts and all that. And I come with the jokes every now and again. But anyway, uh, that's when he'll be here on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I'm going to do some solo shows for you guys as well. Just want to make sure you guys know and put that out there so that you guys don't miss us. But once again, we appreciate you guys for the love, support, and protect. Don't forget to tag and share the video. We're about to get out of here, but we're going to do some throwback for you a little bit for our brown, brown brothers. brothers. You call us what you will be. You say we are assassins. You dream about the kill. It's in my brother be an Aztec boy. You go to any extreme and hold no barriers. Chicago, and I'm brown and proud. Want this you guys to see when the sun is get down. Right now, in the dirt. What's the matter? You think you're gonna get hurt? I'm with my homeboys. My time's my camaradas. Can you back for me? Diet if I'm moving or not. It's what you're going to say. Like I'm going to say. Could throw a force on them and try to sweat me. Some of you will know what's happening. Your five sounds not for you anyway. Cause this is for the lives. This is for the lives. 